be seated. Good morning. Here in your presence, I was uh, standing there worshiping along with you guys and with uh, the, the worship team, and I just think it's good for me to continue to publicly remind you of a confession that I've been making since February. You're welcome to make it your confession too. I, I, I take it from Exodus 23, 20. It also comes out of the 23rd Psalm, which is the Lord is my shepherd, and it also includes the, uh, uh, the prayer where Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. And the thing that I say to God uh, every day is, Jesus, today I confess you as my leader. Because you are the resurrection and the life, I trust that you will guard me and that you guide me, leading me to a prepared place. For you are my good shepherd, and I lack nothing. And I know that you lead me not into temptation, but you deliver me from evil. When Jesus is your leader, he's not going to lead you into the bad spots of your life. He's going to continue to lead you into the things, the actions, the thoughts, the attitudes that please the Father. And so let that, my attitude, be your attitude, and then it becomes, of course, the church's attitude. And uh, good morning, my name is Matt. What's your name? Michelle. And only three of you answered. So, um, <laughs> hey, let's do this to learn your name. On the aisles, we have our clipboards where we pass this down. You sign in and it lets us know who's here and who's not here. And this is one of the ways that we are uh, choosing to really pastor our church in a good, healthy way. And so, man, I would appreciate your participation in that as we move into a new year. Uh, how many of you guys got back into the school rhythm? Kind of, sort of, right? Not yet, right? We're back in college rhythm. We're back in school. It's so great to have Allie and Christy and Luke back in school during the day. That's fantastic. Um, it is. It's, it's honestly, it's fantastic, right? Because um, my son Luke, his hiney, his rear end, is allergic to the chairs that we eat in in the kitchen. Like, it is impossible for Luke to sit in a chair and eat his dinner. It's impossible, and it doesn't matter how much I yell, how many times I stab him with a fork. I can't. I'm kidding. I don't do that. I, I cannot get him to stay in his chair. But now he comes home from school, and he sits in his chair, and he's got his elbow on his table, and he eats like this. <laughs> school wears my son out, and it is fantastic. It's fantastic. We started our parenting class on Monday, all right? We started at 6 to 7.30 is how long it lasts. Had a great group of meet right here on this side of the room. We set up to, to chairs. If you want to come to that, it's Parenting Beyond Your Capacity with Reggie Joyner is the book and the Bible that we're using. If you can't make it, we are going Facebook Live, and so we started that on Monday. We have three more weeks, so, man, I want you guys to partner with us. And thank you so much for those of you who came out and helped with child care. We're going to do it again this week, all right? So uh, if you've uh, already scheduled in, come and help us watch those kiddos as we uh, continue to, um, to minister to their mommies and the daddies. We're going to continue our series today, uh, New City Church, It Takes a City. It takes a city. It takes us, right, working together to accomplish something. What are some things that you notice about this graphic? What are some things you notice? Talk to your neighbor about what you notice about this graphic. Don't think to your neighbor. You can talk to them, right? Like, what, what, what's happening in this picture? What's, what's going on? You guys make observations that things are being done. It's, it's not yet complete, right? We're, we're working together to accomplish a person. The little girl on the bottom left even brought her doggy, right? That's, and, she's, and she's helping. Do you notice the two people that are not working? Where are the two people who are not working? Top left, right? We don't want you to be those people, Right? Right? We don't want you to be. Now, if your leg don't work or you're not able to lift a hammer because you're, it's fine. You can sit and watch. You can help. Hey, that's where that goes. But for the majority of us, right, we're totally capable and able to get involved in the work of the ministry that it's New City Church. And today, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. I would invite you to get out your bulletin, all right, your insert this morning, and we're going to look at a key scripture. Last week, 
I talked about the cornerstone of New City Church, the Shema. Jesus is Lord. If you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. That is the scripture, the fundamental principle that we build everything on is that Jesus is our Lord. He is our leader. He is our boss. Today, we're going to look at how we shape ministry here at New City Church. And I was reminded of this story. Um, when I, I didn't really get into my spiritual journey as following Jesus until a sophomore in college. So I came to the party late. Many of you started when you were young kids, and then you kind of had maybe your wild days in high school or college, and then sometime in your adulthood you made your way back to the Lord. Well, I got all that stuff out of my system in high school, and in my sophomore year of college, the Lord, uh, I found the Lord, and man, I really began to follow Jesus uh, pretty faithfully, uh, really faithfully ever since that day. In the church where I began, began that journey was a church called Southside Community Church. And I just loved this church, and I still love this church. It still goes to my parents' worship. And the reason that I loved uh, growing up spiritually at Southside is, man, it was just a place of gifted people. It was a place of gifted people. And when I say gifted, please don't hear doctors of theology. Like, there were smart people in this church, but it was a, just a blue-collar church in northeast Arkansas, Perigold, Arkansas is where it was located, where it's still located. And a lot of the pastors that were in that church uh, came right out of the, the workforce, came right out of the local factory, Monroe. Monroe makes shocks and made struts for your car. And man, a lot of those guys had found, uh, had been uh, just uh, been witnessed to and shared the gospel and heard the gospel and they worked together and they just started coming to this church. And man, they just loved the Lord and they were passionate about it. And man, it was, man, it was so fun. It had an awesome family vibe to this church. Um, extreme hospitality when you walked in. People were friendly and kind. You'd see people praying for each other in the lobby. You would see people praying for each other you know, in the hallways and in the, in the worship areas. And, and it was just a really fun place to see what a church could be. And what I love about my past experience is when I go home and I'm, I see friends and family and they say, hey, Matt, how's the church going? I say, well, do you remember the early days of Southside? That's how I feel about New City, that we're a church of gifted people. We're a church of people who are growing in our love for Jesus. We're passionate about who he is and we're passionate about following him. Like how many times have I heard you guys say, man, it, when I walked in, it just felt like home. When I walked in, people were so kind. People know my name. They were friendly. We pray for one another. And listen, that stuff doesn't happen on accident, right? Those things were intentional about them from all areas of our leadership that we want to, uh, men, truly, truly love uh, Jesus, love you as Jesus has loved us. We're a gifted church, right? We're a gifted church. It's actually very theological. We are a gifted church. God is a father who loves to give gifts. Maybe you don't realize this, right? How many of you guys love to give gifts? You're a gift-giving person, right? Awesome. Raise them high. Raise them high. You love to give gifts. Now, how many of you, like, honestly, you like love getting gifts? Like, you, you like to love, yes, yeah, so that's fun. So it's, I hope the person that you married loves to give gifts, right? Because then you feel loved a lot. And we love it when you get, God is a gift-giving God. And I want to share with you out of Ephesians 4 this morning what God gave. I want to share with you what God gave the church. So let's start there in the middle of your insert. This is what God gave. This is what God gave. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ Jesus gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. That word pastor, if you want to, underneath it, beside it somewhere, you can write the word shepherd. The word shepherd. So Jesus gives to the church, he gives five things. We call it the apest. A is the apostolic, the apostle. The P is the prophet. The E is the evangelist. The S is the shepherd pastor. And the T is the teacher. Jesus gave the church these five things. Now, when you look at these five things on the screen, they're in your insert. Which of those five things did Jesus have? All of them, great. 
And at what level did Jesus have them? To the max, right? Was Jesus not, yeah, he, 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 was, he was top-notch in all of these attributes and all of these giftings. So when you receive Jesus and you confess Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, Jesus is now in you, right? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's very Spirit lives within, within inside each one of us followers of Jesus. So if Jesus has all five and Jesus lives in you, how many of those do you have? You have all of them, but some of them are going to be stronger in you than others. Now, this may be a brand new kind of learning or insight for some of you when I talk about apostles, prophets, evangelists, shippers, and teachers. So I want to give you a good brief description on these five. Okay, now there are a lot of good books out there. And so if this interests you today, come up to me and say, hey, what are some of the resources? And I'll get those to you that you can uh, check out from your library or you can buy and download, whatever you want to do. But I'm going to give you like a good 30,000 foot view of this idea of apest. And so we're going to start with the apostles. And the apostle is a sent one. He's a sent one. She is a sent one. They're also a sending one. They love to go or they love to get others going towards that thing. The apostle loves new things. They love, who in the room loves new things? Right? You might have that apostolic in you. Now, here is a, a negative, if you will, a shadow uh, to the, an immaturity, if you will, uh, in your apost- if you're an apostle, is that every idea seems like a great idea. And you're, you're so busy starting new things that you finish nothing. Who has a hard time finishing things in the room? I'll raise both hands, right? right? We have a hard time finishing things because it seems that every idea is a great idea. Our favorite brand of stuff is Nike because their logo is, hey, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just start everything and do everything and stay busy. Here's what you need if you find yourself being the apostle and you find yourself being busy, so busy because you love to start new things. It's like that horse, put blinders on your eyes. And stay focused on the thing that, which is in front of you, right? That's what I have to do. Matt, focus on the play you've called. Don't call a new play. Let's run this one for a little bit before we jump on to something new. So if you're here in the room and God has gifted you with this apostolic kind of gifting, you love to start new things, you love to go, you love to help people get there. And that, that could be... So if that's you, you kind of go, hey, that, I kind of get that. Because some of you hate starting new things. Like my wife, no way, Jose. The only reason that she helped plant start new church, new city church, because she married me. That's the only reason, and she'll tell you that, right? But if you find yourself kind of being the big A, just kind of put a check mark beside that. We're going to come back to this in a little bit. How about the P, the prophets in the room? If you're a prophet in the room, you're a telling one, a telling one, a declarer, a telling one, a declarer. You want things right, pure, and holy. Like if you're a prophet in the room. You ask this question a lot. Why are we doing this? You might say it like, where is God in this process? Okay, hey, I know you want to start something, Apostle, but is this because you want to do it or is it because God telling you to do it? The prophets really want to know what God is saying. Is God in this? Um, here is a negative or an immaturity of the prophet. They just, they just say it, right? And, I mean, they just say it sometimes harsh and hard and... Uh, you better be able to take it. Or sometimes you just walk away going, man, I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt now, right? Sometimes the prophet just, just gets to it. They really want to see the truth told. Now, this is, this is really, honestly, the blinders for me. As a guy who has the high A for New City Church, and I love to start new things, it's important that the prophets are around me saying, Matt, why do you want to do this? Right? Why? Tell me why. Is this because you're hurt, read about it in a book, and so now you think it's a good idea, or one of your friends is doing this, and now you want to do it? Or tell me, show me your journal. Like, show me what God has been saying to you. My prophets in, in, at New City are my blinders that keep me focused on the thing that God's calling me to. So if you're in the room, and you're like, man, I, that's me. 
like I am really passionate that God kind of is the central thing in everything that we do, and it might even drive people around you crazy, put a check mark by that, that you are a, the big P. You're a big P, right? Let's talk about the big E's in the room. The evangelist. The evangelists are a winning one, a winning one. If you're here in the room and God has gifted you with this gift of evangelism, it is so easy. You are a natural, spiritual conversationalist. It doesn't matter what you're talking about and what context. You can find the hook to change it, to switch it, to spin it into a spiritual conversation. You have just been gifted supernaturally. You're a salesman of the gospel. You're a spiritual salesman. You've got one door in the world. You're not afraid of lost people, the people who are far from God, people who don't yet go to church, people who don't yet believe what you believe. They don't freak you out. They don't scare you. You're intrigued by them. You're looking for common ground so that you can talk gospel, Jesus-focused uh, messages to them. doesn't matter if it's over sushi or over prayer. It doesn't matter. Right? You're going to make it, you're going to make it happen. Here is the negative, right? The immature piece of an evangelist, if you're about to be a big E, is that you don't know when to stop selling. You don't know when to stop talking. You scare people sometimes. They're just pumping their gas. And you just walk up to them and say, Would you go to hell if you died right now? If this pump were to blow up right now and blow us auto, kingdom come, would you? I mean, what? I'm just getting gas, right? I'm just over the shock of it. It's over $2 a gallon again. And now you're freaking me out with hell. What's going on here, right? The evangelist sometimes just keeps at it because they just want a conversion. They want to say, check, I led another person to the Lord today. And it may be a fake one. You might have just said yes just to get them off your property, right? But they're counting it. They're counting it. They're the spiritual salesman. We need evangelists, right? Every organization, if you own a company or if you work for a company, your company probably has a sales department, a, company, a person or people who go out and talk about the product and talk about who you are. I mean, it sounds bad saying that Jesus is a product, right? But he's like the best product on the planet. Right? It changes lives. And when the evangelists go out and they find common ground and they say, this is how Jesus, man, God's one and only son, who reconciles the lost world to the Father. And they, and they, they just present the gospel. And people go, oh, wait, I kind of I get that. Right? Let's talk about the shepherd. So if you're an E, put a, if you think that you might be an E, put a check by that. We're going to come by that in a second. And then let's look at the shepherds and pastors. Right? Shepherds and pastors is a caring one. They love their people with a rod and a staff. Right? John, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And it goes on and says, uh, with his, thy rod and thy staff, you lead me. A rod and a staff. A shepherd has ability to use both of these. The rod kind of is the bopper. Whenever the church gets out of line, he can, or she can come alongside you and kind of gently say, hey, sheep, you're going the wrong way, right? Or with the staff of encouragement to lead you to water. That's what the shepherd does. If you're a shepherd, you love care. Uh, uh, sometimes it gets explained that like you're like the wedding ring. You're loyal, man. You're just going to be loyal to your people, and you just want to hug the snot out of them. You're going to care for them. You're going to protect them, and you hate to see them hurting. You hate to see, you hate to see them struggling. You're, you just want to wanna see them do so well. That's a good shepherd pastor. Let's talk about a flaw, if you want to turn over. A flaw or an immaturity of a pastor is this kind of Robin Dunbar or Dunbar's numbers, which he would say that even the best shepherd can only handle 150 people. And so the immaturity of a shepherd would be that they don't realize that they need to bring in other shepherds with them so that we can continue to embrace people, that we can continue to embrace. A lot of churches are led by shepherd pastors, men and women who simply love the church that they're in, but it has a hard time getting over 200. Why would it have a hard time getting over 200? 
They can't, they can't, they, they, people come in and they begin to flip out, flip out because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know your name. I don't know your name. I don't know your name. And it scares them. And for them to bring care to that person's life, then they have to exclude somebody else. And it, that's just so hard for a shepherd. And so a lot of times churches that are only led by shepherd teachers, they don't grow very big unless that shepherd is good about multiplying his life into other people and giving them freedom and space to do the same thing that he or she is doing, right? Now we're in a place right now where we really need some great shepherd pastor type people. So if this is you and you put a check by that and you think that's kind of you, man, I would, I would love, right? I would love for you to say, oh, I'm about to get to use my gift in here at New City Church. Let's use this last one here, teachers. Teachers are an explaining one, an explaining one. They take the, they take the deep things of God and make them simple. They take the deep things of God and they make them simple, right? Now, an immaturity of a teacher is they want to share with you everything they know in every classroom setting. Like an immature teacher, since I've got you, if I was big T, I would try to teach you everything I know about God right now. And sometimes I talk fast because I'm trying to do that. I've got 30 minutes to tell you everything I know. I'm kidding. Right? But that's what a teacher does. They want to, that's the immaturity. They want to try to, they just overwhelm you with their smarts and their knowledge, right? But a mature teacher can step back and say, here's what I'm going to teach you tonight. I'm going to take this deep concept or this hard understanding, and I'm going to make it simple for you, right? Now, as I went through those five things, did you kind of say, wait, that's kind of me? Like, did you kind of connect with one of those by a show of hands, make sure I'm not completely off task, that you were like, hey, that's kind of me. Now, what we would like for you to do, right, because again, we're, we're taking role on Sundays. We're really trying to get to know our people. Our vision statement number one for the 2020 year is that everyone who attends New City Church, that we will know you and you will know you're known. Like, we want to, just more than your name, like, I want to know as much as I can about, like, Zach and Angie Coe. I want to know as much as I can about every, like, and so one of the things we're asking you to do is we're going to ask you to take a little survey, a little test, right? And it's found, it's on the screen here. It's an APES test. It's, it kind of gives you 80 questions. And it, you, Now, when you take them, don't take, answer them the way that you wished you were. Just answer them honestly, honestly. And if you have the space, if you're married or have a best friend or whatever it might be, have somebody that knows you really well, take it with you in mind and see kind of how the scores uh, average out. And then once you get your score, we would love for you to email it. We've created an email address, apest at newcitychurch.com. We would love for you to email uh, your results. Put your name in it, please. But email your results uh, to us, and we're going to include this in our database that has your name and your information. Why would we do that? Why, why, why would be the reason that we would want to know how you gifted, how, how God has gifted you and according to APEST? Well, if we were going to plan a third location... If God gave us the opportunity to start a third church, like we've done in Edgerton, but do a third location, I might want to grab my A's, my P's, and my E's. I'm looking for my apes, right? How might we start it? How is God in it? How are we going to present it to the new neighborhood, right? I might want to look for my A's and my P's and my E's to say, hey, listen, is this of God? How are we going to do it? How are we going to get the word out? Let's do this. And then once it gets established, once we get going, right, like we are in Edgerton now, like we are in Shawnee now, how do we say, hey, where are my shepherd pastors? Where are my teachers? How do you guys help continuing to give care, right? Because if you take an ape, right, and you keep the apes in a place that's heavy shepherd and teacher, you're going to drive them crazy, if you tell the apostolic person that they don't get to start anything else and they're now just to manage this thing, you're going to drive them bonkers. If you tell the evangelist, hey, listen, we just want you to care for the people who are already here and we don't have a great passion for our neighborhood, they're going to leave, right? 
And so we want to we allow those of you in this room who are gifted in your A, your P, and your E at a kind of high, help us. Help us do the next thing God is saying to us. Those of you who are gifted in your shepherd and teacher, help us. Help us uh, pastor the, the churches that God has already given us so that we can continue to give care and full maturity in all that we do. All right? So do me a favor. Take that test sometime today. It's 80 questions. It's not going to take a lot of your time. All right? Don't overthink it. And then email your results. You'll get your insults right away. Your insults. You'll get your results right away. And then you can insult me through an email. All right? Let's do that. Let's take the remainder of our time talking about if that's what God gave, why does God give these gifts? Like, if you kind of connected with the A, the, the P, the E, the S, the T, why, is, why would God give you that? Well, let's continue reading Ephesians chapter 4, right? Their responsibility, these gift receivers, is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. God has given you something so that you will use it for someone else. God rarely gives you a gift that He wants you to use only for you. God rarely, if ever, gives you something to use in isolation or alone, right? God gives you something for the person that is sitting around you. If you're a big shepherd, a big teacher, God has gifted you in that for the people that are in this room right here, right now. But God has gifted you with that for right here, right now. If you're an evangelist, God has gifted you with that gift of evangelism to help this church, because this is where God has planted you, right? Because what we're going to see in a second, God has equipped you or he's gifted you to equip and to build up the congregation that you're a part of. Now, if he moves you to another church, then guess what? That church becomes your focus. But while you're here and this is your place of worship, God has equipped you and gifted you for here to equip and to build up those that are in this ministry. So if you're E, how is this church trying to reach the neighborhood? How do you say, I'm going to go? I'm going to use my giftings to, to bring people into, into the ministry of New City, New City Church. The responsibility is to equip, to build up. It's simply put this, guys. You are to train up, to make ready, prepare. And whatever your gifting is, you're to train up, to make ready, prepare someone else. Could be the person beside you. See, everybody gets to play. This, notice, I'm not saying now if you have a master's degree or if you have your doctorate, you get to do this. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I promise you, I don't care how immature you think you are in your faith, there's somebody at New City that you know more than. And it's a silly principle, but it's accurate. If you know 15% more than the next guy, it makes you the expert. Just makes you the expert. And you're able to disciple. That's what we're talking about. Train up, prepare, make ready. You're able to disciple the people that, are, that you worship with and do life with. I have a question for you. It's there in your insert. Get you thinking on this. How could you use your gifting to equip and disciple the people of New City Church? This is the freedom that you have. Matt, will you tell me how? No, 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 no. In what ways could you use your gifting to be a blessing to this church body? When you see that graphic and we're all building, it takes a city graphic and we're all building, where are you in that picture and what are you doing to make this church complete? And let's continue on. Let's notice what God says about this. This idea of gifting, the apes, the apostles, prophets, shepherds, evangelists, teachers, this will continue, let's continue on, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. In other words, this is the plan. Jesus keeps giving these five giftings, and we keep equipping and building up until, right, we mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the, they sound like the truth. 
This is what we're going to keep doing. Now, just kind of pull back the curtain and tell you a little bit about New City. When New City, when you look at, if you were to look at the New City's leadership staff, what you will see is that every piece of APEST is around the table. We have the A, the P, the E, and the S, and the T all around the table. And that's really, really important. How can you mature a church to its full maturity if everybody around the table is all A's or all P's or it's a table made up of mostly prophets and evangelists? No, around the table, you have to have people. You have to have people that say, listen, this is my strength and that this is how we're going to mature the church body. I want to share with you two things that happen when you equip and when you disciple. When you begin to step into your gifting, when you begin to uh, use the gifting that Jesus has given you, first and foremost, you will grow in your gifting. You will grow in your gifting. If you're an evangelist and all of a sudden you begin to use that gift, you begin to flex those muscles. I'm not going to do it too hard because I don't want to really uh, create temptation in your hearts, right? Um, but you, when you begin to flex that E, your that E, you guys like that? Your E muscle gets bigger, and I mean, all of a sudden, like, wow! I I used to be kind of afraid to talk to people about Jesus, but I had this desire to, and I started doing it, and now it's so natural. Like I'm just, man, I am fit in the E. Some of you are heavy prophets and you don't know what to say because you don't want to offend people, so you just walk around mad all the time. No, 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 no. No, no. Step into your prophet and say, this is, where's the Lord in this? Like, how, how are we bringing Jesus honor? And the more you flex that muscle, listen, you will grow. You will grow in your gifting. And here's the second thing that happens. When you, when you grow in your gifting, they grow in their gifting. When you, in your maturity, are discipling, training up, making ready, preparing somebody in their gifting, you make them stronger. You make them better in what they do. I'm, I am, if you were to look at my APES score, when you go to that fivefoldsurvey.com, when you take yours, when you'll kind of know what I'm talking about, but mine is A and then E-T-S-P. Like my prophet is the weakest. And so for me, when I walk around and I begin kind of thinking, man, this is what I think God might be saying to you, that, that's a, like I got to really make sure I'm not just kind of giving you my feedback, right? And so I like to hang out with people who are high in the P when I'm trying to figure out what God's asking me to do because I know I'm not very strong. I'm not very strong in that area. Here's the truth on this one. Each time you use your gifting, God grows your gifting. Each time you use it, God grows it. So the more Kyle begins to identify how God has gifted him, and every time Matt begins to identify how God has gifted him, and you begin to use that, guess what? You get stronger. God begins to build you up. And let's look at the remainder of Ephesians 4. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his his body, the church. Jesus is the head. Jesus is the leader. He is the boss. Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what Jesus desires for this congregation. Right now at 845, Jesus desires, right, that this body is healthy, that we are growing and full of love. Those of you who have little kids, if your little girl quit growing, you're going to rush her to the doctor because you know something's wrong. Every healthy thing grows. And Jesus, when he is the leader, when he is the head, when he is making all things fit together, that church, that body of Christ, it will be healthy, it will grow. And what's this last thing? And it will be what? Full of love. It'll be full of love. And guys, that's the direction that we're headed in. And that is exactly what's taking place now. Like New City Church is growing. We're growing. And we're working hard to keep us healthy. How do you stay healthy? You eat. You eat good food. You don't get blown and tossed by the winds of culture and of change. And you, say, you stay hungry for the Word of God. You stay obedient to the Word of God. And that's what keeps you healthy. 
And when you're healthy, God, listen, like the, my aim as your lead pastor is that we stay healthy for the word of God. That way we can continue to grow, that God can trust us with new people, new lives. Last Sunday, and it'll happen again today, 10 a.m., our next service, there were people sitting all the way to the back of the room. And I didn't know 75% of them. I'm just like, oh my gosh, who are they? Now, there's some new faces in this room, but the majority of this room, I know you in fairly well. But at 10 a.m., at 11.30, I'm standing here and I'm going, oh my goodness. God, God you're, you're doing something. Again, new. We're back in the fall. People are back in their rhythms. And God is bringing people to us. Here's what I'm asking you. We need your giftings. We need you to use your giftings in this church. If you're a teacher, I need you to start teaching. I need, you to, I need you to engage in our city group process, and I need you to help us teach deep things and make them simple to our church body so that we can mature. If you're a shepherd in this room, you know what we're trying to establish through Pastor Don and the Connections Ministry? We're trying to establish section pastors, section captains, meaning that what if you are responsible for six rows at the 10 a.m. service? And your responsibility as a shepherd pastor was to know the people in those rows, because people sit in the same spots every week. You know that, right? Like, I know where Jessica and Ben are going to sit, and I know where the Bartels are going to... I know! And if you... Right? And so we're just going to own our sections, and we're going to walk... We're going to pray for people. We're going to know their names. We're going to... Uh, that's, we're just trying our best to love on people both on Sunday and through the week. If you're an evangelist, we need you. Help us. Help us continue to reach people with the gospel. If you're a prophet, maybe praying and helping us speak. Like we, I'm asking you to use your gifting. If you're an apostolic, help me plant the third location. Help me. Help us. Where are we going to go? Why would we go there? How are we going to pull it off? How do we take some of our ministry and we go to house church and home church and get, get away from the bigger gathering all the time and get into the homes? Like, I'm asking you, I'm giving you as much freedom as I know how, not to wait for Pastor Matt to tell you how to use your gifting. I'm asking you to talk to the Lord because he talks to you too and say, Jesus, I know this church is growing. How might I use my gifting to help the place that, you call, that you've allowed me to call home? And let's just see what the Lord does. It takes a city. It doesn't take a Pastor Matt. It takes a city. Can I tell you about me? My cup runneth over. Right? Like, there's, I don't have too many more hours in the day. We would partner together in every way and say, man, I, I want to see so many of you move beyond where you just go and participate at New City Church, that, man, I'm using my gifting in this church. It takes a city, and i got to go to church on Sunday morning, not because I need to hear some guy talk and I need to worship, but I need to go to church so I can learn, so that I can worship, and so that I can serve and build up this body that Jesus has given me. Amen? Now, you guys are pretty hardcore New City people. The majority of this room is hardcore New City people. The next two hours, just stick around if you don't believe me. We won't count you again. Just hang out in the back. And just, and just notice, right? Don't rush to your car. Just hang out in the lobby and see what happens next. It's quite amazing. Can I pray for us? Father, we love you. Thank you for the gifts that you've given us. Father, help us to use them to bring you glory. God, help us to use them to build up this church. God, help us to be missionaries for Morgan and future planners that we have coming into our church system. God, but just continue to bless us and trust us with more. God, show us great favor. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.